What a boring time of year it is right now. And on top of that, this stupid pandemic going on. I feel like I haven't done anything for like five months. Five months? Feels like it. Yeah. February turns into a long month. Shortest month of the year, and it feels like a long month because we never coyote hunt in February. There's nothing going on in February other than winter. I do see a light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to talk about that light at the end of the tunnel today. We're going to talk about what, what, what goes on in the spring. Yeah. Everybody everybody around the round table, rectangle table that Clay built uh, has some interesting things coming up in the spring. and That spring thing. Spring thing. and We already missed out on our favorite thing, spring training baseball. Before we get into it. That's a great point. That's, I mean, that's, that's where, where we're we be right now, pretty yeah, much. That's I what mean, we'd be doing. Gosh, it's doing. not doing it last year. It's almost that, you know, that wasn't even in my mind. Man, I miss it. Sucks. Well, this week, I want to thank our great partners over at Realtree Camouflage. They, they've been with us a long time, and they have camo for everything you want to do. They have lifestyle stuff. And one of the big things that we're going to be talking about here in the spring thing is that fishing. And they got Realtree fishing closed now, and um, it's just cool. You know, Realtree made camo fun. You could wear it. Out hunting, you could wear it out fishing, and you could wear it to the office. You know, they made it cool. So just want to shout out to Realtree, and thank you for the support over the years. And uh, I know I'll be wearing it a lot this spring with what I'm doing, Crosby. Where are you going? What are you doing? I forgot about fishing. Yeah. Well. I just, I just got a little even more excited. <laughs> there are some things you can do. And screw the pandemic. I have. The thing I, real quick on Realtree that, that I love is... I mean, they've pretty much been, you know, top dog for decades. And in a way, they, they didn't even have to change some of those original patterns. And they continue to be innovative and they come out with new stuff. And it just seems to get better and better. You, know, you think that, that one from 10 years ago was the best. Right. And it was, it is. But then all of a sudden they come out with something different. And it's like, man, that's even better. How do they keep doing that's, that? What was that first one that had the sagebrush? A real, real, you know, uh, Defined sagebrush. Max one. Max one. And then we have Max one XT. Yeah, right. And then we went to uh, Escape. Now their new pattern Escape is. But like he said, that first Max one. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would look at that and go, done. You know what I mean? Like, how do you improve on it? Better. And you can't. You can't say necessarily that it's that this is better because that's so good. But you kind of. It's at least different, I guess. But in a way, it's like man, this is. It it seems better. I remember seeing that pattern for the first time, and it has like the sagebrush, like, like the blooming flower, almost part of it. You know that kind of yellow. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it's it, it looks as real as you know can be on on cotton clothing. What's what's really cool that they do is you wear that out west and it's almost like the camo changes colors because when you look at it the camo brings out what whatever scenario or you know surroundings you're in the camo pops different parts of it pops you know if you're out west it might be a little green yellow that you see more in the camo that it gets your eye then you go to you know Midwest or back east, it will bring out another different color. Yeah, well, it's just, just times of year as too. Apart yeah, it's just, if you're in the same country, you know, when the, when when the sagebrush is blooming around yeah, yeah, here, yeah. and 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 then as the seasons change, but also as you you know as you use the camo and it wears and you and you wash it, that also makes it even almost even a different camo as as the, it, you would say the pattern's fading, but it's not really fading. It's just it's blending into right. the natural it's just environment. Changing, That's yeah, some exactly. of my favorite Max One stuffs. You know been worn so much it's a little bit lighter green you know and it, it matches that kind of muted green yeah. sagebrush tone yeah yeah good yeah. geniuses good on them yep jordan boy's got it going on that's for sure so what are you gonna do i heard you say uh, you're going you're going where are you going you're going fishing well um the first thing yeah is dave stanley is gonna take us fishing next couple days i think he, he's finally feeling a little bit better. He's oh, yeah. not being able to go fish, but he's going to go sit in a chair out there and show us what's up. Where are you going? On the river? What are you doing? Uh, just pyramid, yeah. Pyramid. Do a little fly fishing? A little fly fishing in a pyramid and uh, get out there with the kids on the ladder. And that big, someone just two weeks ago caught a 37 inch 
32 pound fish. I, it's freaking I so saw big. it. I don't know, 32. man. I, I don't know. I, I think you would I think you would hear more if somebody finally broke that 30 mark. I don't think Well, the record's like 30. I, I think you would hear if it would break the record, but the but, record from like back in the day is over 35 or something. Right, but they haven't caught over a 30 pounder that's that's documented in ever. I mean, it's been post, I They've mean, been questing out. I saw the same one. Oh, did you? And I asked Gary too if he thought cuz the guy said it was 30 over 30 pounds is what he said to the newspaper, but he didn't weigh it or anything. Oh, he didn't? No. Oh, oh, oh. Gotcha. He, he just told them he thought it was over 30 pounds. And they actually, on the article, they 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 stated like the top five fish and no one's broken 30 yet. Okay. It, it, I saw the same thing that you saw. I, I And I looked and I showed Gary Hull because he's been fishing out there quite a bit. And he said, I don't think it goes over 30. He goes, but it's a big fish. It, it's huge. It's, it's huge. huge. It's probably knocking right at the door. But the, I think if you were close enough to catch 30, he would have brought it somewhere and got it weighed or weighed it himself. He, he says in the article he didn't weigh it. He was guessing it at over 30 pounds. Gotcha. But, yeah, that thing was a tank. Gary just caught a 20, 22-pounder or something like that on yeah, a no, fly rod. The gap, the gap system is working. It's oh, that you know, A lot of people were pissed off about that gap system when they put it into place a long time ago, but it's obviously working what they're doing. And they put in that, I believe they put in the original strain of, yeah. of the cutthroat. Yeah. The hot and cutthroat where it used to be a, I guess a variation of it, but they originally finally, finally found that original strain again and put it back yeah, in. Yeah. They found like a pilot peak or something like that. Throwing it back in. But it, for people who don't know the gap system is you can catch two fish Keep two fish. You can keep two under 18. Yep. And 18 inches. 18 inches. And there's a gap. You can't keep anything from 18 to 24. I think it's 27. 27, something like that. And then you can keep one over. So you can you can keep two fish under, but you can't keep two fish over. So you can get two under or one and one or one over and that's it. Um so, but the gap system working. They're letting oh, yeah. those people, ones from 18 to 24, seven inches grow up and then get <laughs> to 25 pounds. It's, it's well, crazy. A 27-inch, you know, uh, cutthroat trout. Huge. They, huge. They, they call a little fish out at Pyramid Lake like three pounds now. You know, yeah. that's a little, like, those guys don't even want to catch them. It's not yeah. even worth the time of reeling them in. <laughs> Most people don't catch a three-pound trout in their whole life. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you're fishing rivers and stuff like that. But yeah. There was actually a couple of guys I saw last night uh, that were here from uh, Southern California just to fish Pyramid Lake. I mean, people coming from all over the world. And, yeah, sure. they just did a good job with that fishery. I know yeah. a lot of people are upset about their price increase, but. $24 <laughs> a day. No annual COVID. license is what. Well, they don't do any license, but the I talked to Dave about it yesterday, and he's been talking to them out there. The only reason they're not doing they used to. It used to be $12 a day, or they had a yearly license. Um, but the only reason they are not is because they don't know when the pandemic is going to be up. They didn't know when they were doing this, and it could sh be shut down again, right, if another surge comes. Oh, and so they, they have to shut it down. And if you sold them a yearly permit, they didn't want to get sued or have to return money. Oh, so they're going to have so, a yearly coming back. So they're going to have a yearly coming back. They're just waiting on normalcy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because so, I was worried that they did away with that for more money, you know, because there's guys that fish that lake every day. two, three times a week. Yeah, yeah maybe every day, whatever. Yeah. So to have a guy buy a $24 license every single day he wants to go out there, you you think you'd start to run into where people won't be fishing as much. Yeah, 100%. And correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that going back to the – the uh, the big one it, that's the largest cutthroat trout in a is it a what a freshwater lake or i mean it's isn't it the largest in the world or something i mean it's it's legit lahontan it, cutthroat right that originally lahontan cutthroat strain. trout it's the biggest one ever caught everyone on record comes out of pyramid lake 30, i would assume yeah. 35 or 30 that's what i've always thought about that it was back in the 70s maybe or something it just seems like something growing up that was what what i always remember was that's the largest one because they're obviously in many areas of the world but it's the largest one ever caught. Right. But they, they went up and found, I'm not an expert on this, but they yeah. they went out and found the original strain of that cutthroat trout right. on Pilot Peak, way, you know, way away from Pyramid Lake. Yeah. And that's what they've 
you know, cultivated and raised and duplicated and, yeah. and then re, yeah, reintroduced and, and they don't spawn, right? It, they can't, they're landlocked in there. So they've got to be, no, they spawn. Oh, they, they do spawn in there. Yeah. They go up the pyramid. That's why the fish, that's why the fish. Um, oh, they go up the Truckee River and spawn? They go to the Truckee River, and that's why they have the, at Derby Dam. Yeah, they have the fish ladder. Fish ladder to help them keep, if they're in the river there and they can get past that. And they swim up the nets, too, where in Pyramid. They try to get back up to where the nets are. Oh, really? They swim back up that river to spawn, too. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they were maintaining them, because I thought, yeah. You see, there's I'm not t- an expert. Yeah. And there's a ton of food in that freaking place right now, so they're going... They're, they've tagged some fish, and uh, they've been caught a couple times. And I think one fish grew like six pounds in oh one year. If they're just putting on weight like crazy. That's and, awesome. and what we're talking about, generally our water system here in northern Nevada, Reno specifically, would be Lake Tahoe, world-famous Lake Tahoe, up at 6,000, feet, drains out the Truckee River and basically ends at the Pyramid Lake. Yep. And the Pyramid Lake is, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, looking at, at the earth. The Pyramid Lake and a few other places are the remnants of ancient Lake Lahontan, which is just a landlocked, essentially what we call the Great Basin. This whole area across to Utah is the Great Basin. And uh, you got Pyramid Lake, you got Mono Lake, and you got Walker Lake, and then you've just got other tributaries and basically part of the Great Salt Lake that is modern day the only thing that really exists of what used to be a, an ancient lake um that is landlocked like clay just said it's landlocked so that's where the great basin names c- comes from so there's no outlet to the sea which makes it very a very unique area that we live in yeah. and um what's cool about pyramid lake is there's a lot of kind of folklore <laughs> and a lot of allure about that lake not only because of the the world class cutthroat fishing but yeah water it's it's babies. on a, an indian reservation I don't stay the night out there and um, it's it's just a spooky lake, essentially. You know, most people say they've never officially found the bottom of this lake, meaning that there's the these, these there. shelves. You know, these shelves where potentially, yeah, there's a fish that's that's in there. That's basically an ocean fish or a saltwater fish. And it's like, how did it get to a freshwater lake? And you know, the, the thought is that if since the Great Basin doesn't have a tributary to the ocean, it's underground somewhere. And um, maybe it's Pyramid Lake is basically that that area where and maybe that's why there's still water there right because it's still got some kind of an underground yeah um connection alkali to, water to too. the pacific ocean so really the cool area. crazy a lot the, of mystique, another beautiful. cool thing about pyramid is that well you're talking about with Truckee river the Truckee river used to dump into winnemucca lake right and when they decided that water was being scarce or Shorted, they changed the flow at the end of it. Instead of dumping into Sarah Winnemucca and Pyramid Lake, they, Sarah Winnemucca, Lake Winnemucca, named after Sarah Winnemucca, right. uh, they changed the, they diverted the river through a little town and brought it into only Pyramid Lake to supply that, and Winnemucca Lake dried up. Yeah, which Winnemucca. I wonder if they could turn it back on then by that. Or did you? Did, I you mean, they, they, would could, ju- they would just have to move all that sand all right the there. Man, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a lot of sand moving. And yeah. the, the, and Sarah Winnemucca, it was so big. <laughs> Lake Winnemucca used to be so big, it had a it had a freaking paddle wheel boat out there. Right. Had a paddle wheel boat out in the middle of nowhere desert, Nevada. From, paddle uh, wheel boat. It's crazy to think yeah, of. Just on, the, just on the subject <laughs> of the history part of it, if you look back at old maps from late 1800s to just about the turn of the century, the the... You know the, the miners, and you know they were basically out here looking for minerals. They they mark these maps, and and you look at the at the drawn maps, and it's a it's a lake. It's you know it's marked as a lake, just like Lake Tahoe or any of the lakes yeah. around here. And this is in the eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties. It's a full fledged lake. And then our our second grandpa Cecil Washington, Big Daddy, would would talk about how when he came out here from Oklahoma. Um, when he was a very young kid, just before going to the army, there was there was still water in that lake, just naturally in that lake. And then it's been dry our entire lives. Yeah, right? our entire besides runoff water or lives, rainwater. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so part of that has to do with the Derby Dam thing. But it's essentially one of those one of these playa lakes that just it's seasonal. Sometimes can have water, sometimes it can't. But uh, it was dry through the early part of the 1900s for a couple two and a half decades about. 
And then this barge that's there, there's some really cool pictures of this barge that basically sat out there in the middle of the, of the, uh, of the alkali desert for a long time. Um, that's from prohibition. So it's from the twenties. It's from the 1920s. So that thing filled back up on its own through just runoff and rainwater enough to during prohibition era. That's what they do. They go out there on those barges and that's where they were able to get away from the, the authorities. Oh really? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what happened to that? And barge? it's been dry ever since it essentially it dried it up back again. up yeah. in the late twenties and it's been dry ever since. And somebody did away with that boat. Obviously, or something. Yeah, took it off. No, there's something. cool. You can cool find the picture of it. Out yeah. there. And for a while, there was there were still some parts of it. You know, it's it's been taken. I don't think there's any remnant of it. And probably the coolest thing about that is, you might know more, but the there's petroglyphs at the south end of Lake Winnemucca that, like. Carbon date or date to the oldest. They literally remind me if you've watched the Transformer movies. They almost are like alien kind of things. Yeah, they, they're like they're, the oldest petroglyphs in the world, right? Yeah, or something they, they crazy. Can't Not date world, them. They're just they're just very odd. They're they're odd looking, and um, yeah, it just that's it's crazy. There's a lot of cool, not just you know American history. There's history that goes back eons. That uh, you got to imagine that if they can't carbon date that stuff, you're talking about. A, a seasonal lake that goes back, I mean, millennial. It goes back thousands, tens of thousands of years. Yeah. Crazy. Well, me, me and dad sunk up. It was crazy. This <laughs> lake, me and dad sunk up. We were, me, dad, and Corey Strawn were out in the model dairy fishing tournament and we sunk a boat out there. Yeah. I was just telling that story we to sunk a patient a, a couple boat, days ago. And I, I was very young, 12, dead 12 years old or something. And we jumped off the side of that and had to swim to shore a couple hundred yards. <laughs> all our stuff started sw- floating to the top and you know the the seats you had those three inch padded foam seats oh, that yeah. you would sit on and they far stuff just started floating and that boat went down and we went out and some with a scuba diver the next week or something and went down there and they bolt unbolted the motor and lifted that up and they took got a big ass uh boat and ho- went down there and hooked it up and drug it out backwards and pumped it up and brought it to the surface and got it back. No way. Yeah. It was only like in 20 feet of water, 25 feet of water. So it wasn't terrible, but it uh, <laughs> scared the heck out of me for One sure. One of the many reasons I tend to golf a lot more in the spring <laughs> than, uh, than fish. I don't, well, what, I don't well do yeah, what else is there to do during the spring? So we've... Without we've, spring training? We've, <laughs> we've stopped coyote hunting for the month of February and March. We, we just don't do it. And because we usually have other stuff going on. And, and the hunt typically sucks here at this time of yeah. year, coyote hunting at least. And then March is spring training. That didn't happen again this year. So what is next? Turkey hunting or fishing? Fishing and the little fishing and then turkey fishing hunting. Fishing and turkey hunting, yeah, which Nevada is a draw state for turkey hunting. And I, I, I know nobody that draws. Kent Burroughs this year is the first guy I know that's drawn a Nevada drew, turkey huh? tag. Yeah. He, oh. We have like you know at least four of them. What is that? The state. Mason Valley. No. Is that- He's got Mason Easy. Valley. Yeah. When I was in Caliente, wait, you know, down south, we saw him every day. But I don't think that's a hunt unit. I, I could be wrong. I'm, I don't even put in for the turkey tag here because, like, it took Kent seventeen years or something like that to draw a turkey. <laughs> yeah, you, you either do that or you have to know a landowner down like in Mason Valley or Urington and get. A, they have a couple of landowner tags, mm-hmm. and so. I, you can get one of them and but and then they have some over in like the eastern side of coming from I guess Utah maybe. But they're Yeah, like, yeah down by Caliente and all that yeah, stuff. Well like Trevor a, hunts them somewhere or, over. Yeah, Ely. Ely oh. area. Hmm. Somewhere over there on the eastern side. I'm not too sure what exactly you, where. I bet she's down more like you're saying, Caliente. Maybe PH, south. Yeah. You know, maybe south. Yeah. But or or you can just drive to California or that, like you you could you could <laughs> just fly better. to Tennessee. And, Which that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to well, I'm going to be hunting in California later in, in the turkey season, but to start, I'm flying to Tennessee on the thirty first, I think. And then their opening season is or opening day is Saturday, uh April third. April second, we're having a fundraiser. Uh, me and Leith and a couple other guys are putting on a deal for Drake White and his wife. Because, I mean, if anybody knows anything about Drake White, country music guy, year and a half ago, two years ago, he uh, was in South Carolina, I believe, North Carolina, South Carolina, and had a stroke on stage. And 
the guy who in, not invented, uh, discovered that type of stroke happened to be the doctor at the hospital in the town where he had it. So he literally had the stroke and if you're going to have that one in the best possible place, cause he was like on the operating table within 35 minutes or something and basically saved his life mm. from stroke to having this doctor who basically was an expert in it. And, and, uh, so he did that. And his, so his wife, Alex has taken care of him and helped him long, obviously. And then she just got diagnosed with, uh, she's like 35 and some rare deal from diet diabetes diabetic at 35 years old and she's a health nut i mean beautiful and I so mean, it's the one that you just got nothing to do with nut, your habits or anything you crazy just, some people get it so now she's in a rough go and now they're taking care of each other so we're we're gonna throw an event and do a little fundraising for them to try to help offset some of the costs that they've been trying to do so we're bringing a bunch of our partners in and we're gonna have a uh there's gonna be leith and brent uh Let's see here, Sweet Tea Trio and Riley Green and uh, Paul McDonald, uh, probably Leah Blevins. Um, can't remember, a couple other guys are going to be playing. Um, just a little place called Leafers Fork outside of Nashville. We're going to do that. And then, so that's Friday night, Saturday, opening turkey season. I think I can kill two, hopefully. Let's get one out of the way first, but I think a non resident, you can kill two, maybe. Uh, got to look into that. But then Saturday night, shindig at Lee's house. And then uh, come home and then go to California. Nice. That'll be a fun little uh, weekend. Yeah, huh? fun. I come home Monday, so yeah, quick little four-day trip. But They let you drink tequila down there in Tennessee? <laughs> Mask off, too. <laughs> yeah. Are they? I don't know. Oh. But I won't be wearing no mask. But Clint, Clint was like, you won't do it. I haven't been wearing masks. I go right into Home Depot, wherever. No masks. They don't say anything. Most people just like, good job. As opposed to the guy I saw in my rearview mirror today in the car by himself with his windows oh, yeah. up and his mask on. My favorite is the guy it's like riding a bicycle I by did. himself outside, <laughs> by himself, wearing I, a mask. Just <laughs> last week, picking up Chase from school and driving by. There he was in his, you know, hot pink and yellow purple green outfit that those bikers wear you know whatever but turned around and a matching mask to his outfit Part and i'm just outfit. like uh okay <laughs> fresh air really by anyway. yourself outside still wearing one exercise are you going turkey hunt yeah yes we are oh you got both are so yeah. are you going to uh, the wine peoples that we talked about the other day. I don't want to throw that name out there because I don't know if yeah. that's all out we're there. We're going but... to that area of California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to California. California. Uh, Northern part of the state. Yeah. I was going to say I went last year, but I guess it's been two years with, now. Are you going with Hank? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can, I can, we can, this Hank will be awesome. my first time. Alex gone gone one time before. So you're going to be in that orchard. not been on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Early in the season, you shouldn't. You should wreck them first day, opening day. Yeah, I would think so, too. I guess, you know, I, I haven't talked to Hank personally, but uh, Chad's been talking to him, and he had he showed me a video. There had to have been 25 big old toms all just strutting around each other. And yeah. uh, I went two years ago now. I didn't get one, but... Uh, it was like the last weekend of the it was, season. It was late, and yeah. we only hunted one day. We went uh, striper fishing for a day, and then we... Went turkey hunting for a day. We put a full day into it, and we had them, you know, several times really, really close, but they're just, you know, they were so weary, you know, by that time yeah. it was hard. And we had one, he was he was like 15 yards, but he was over an irrigation, and it, I'm going to say ditch, but it was like 10 feet across, <laughs> and there was like no way I would have had to swim across to go pick him up. And I, yeah, it just wasn't worth it, you know. To yeah. it would have been, it would have been sketchy at best. And then, you know, like I said, this irrigation river that was running through this thing was moving fast, and I didn't know, you know, nobody knows what's in it or under it or around it, and you, you know, it was just, it wouldn't have been smart to Turkey shoot one on the other side. Good. Uh, no, <laughs> oh. and uh, but yeah, so we're gonna go back this year, and hopefully, yeah. I well, thought I didn't know you were going to Tennessee, so I assumed the three of us might be going. But now it sounds like it's just well, you and I. Wait, wait way a better time. Wait, now. wait on. Wait till Tuesday. Or are you going on the opening day, Saturday? 
we'll, we'll have to find um, out. <laughs> more, yeah, it opens it, on more, a Saturday? I don't know. Yeah. Saturday is open. It is in Tennessee. I imagine it's California, April same, 3rd. Yeah. Oh, no. It's before you then. So it's the week. It's that weekend before. It's a little bit of so March. So like March 27th? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or no, maybe you're right. Well, if it's that weekend before, I can go. We'll all go down there and kill. Let's, I'll text Hank. Let's make it not that, then Clay won't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what. Uh, so what your what a little uh, bit of the spring has in store on on your hunt, real quick, Alex. What was your guys' method? You guys mouth call? Are you yeah, box yeah. call? Would you? All mouth. Chad. Chad just called. Uh, I think it was all. All a diaphragm call, yeah. D decoy or no decoy? Decoy. Decoy. Um, yes, opens the twenty seventh. Um, decoy. Uh, two decoys. One. One. Uh, what do they call that hen clay that's already laying down, like a breeding hen or breeding mojo hen. has? Mm -hmm. And then that he's got another Lay mojo that's got a fan on it. That, yeah. That. Uh, and like I said, I, pretty much every place we went to. Uh, I, I could have killed one the very first orchard we called, um, but it came in behind Chad. Chad was calling, and it came in between him and I from, like, behind. Hmm. And it was right there, but I could, there was nothing anybody could do about it. And then uh, <laughs> the farmer, like, started up this big old, like, piece of equipment right next to us, and it freaking took off, yeah. But it was right there, and it, but I just was waiting. You know, if it would have cleared, you see that they come they come in pretty methodical when they get to that that close part. You know, they're not mm -hmm. like running in there like a coyote or nothing. And he would have just had to walk around without. I don't think they smell at all. Or I very was just well. going to say that the the saying goes that if turkeys could smell, you would never kill one, right? Ever. It, so he was close, and he was he just would have had to work his way around and make a safe shot. And right as that's going on, you know, it's like first light. Uh, the dude starts some kind of a big old tractor or something. <laughs> Thanks a lot gone, for letting us on, on your land. But uh, so, what did you do? You saw? Did you see him in the roost the night before, and then just snuck in there, or did you? No, so this, see him that, that morning, Hank dude or? that you'll meet. He's a. I don't know if he's an outfitter or what. What he does, but he, he knows. No, he's not. He has all these properties, all these orchards and stuff. Of guys, he has permission on to hunt with, and so he he know he has a pretty good idea where they are, but. Um, one of the one of the ones we called, you could see them. I mean, you could see fifty turkeys out. You know, they're just kind of rooting through the bottoms of the orchards, eating the. I don't know if they're eating the holes or you know rotting almonds or whatever they are on the ground. Bugs just everything, yeah. Just they're kind of roosting around that, eating, and then yeah, when you call at them, they'll that time of year. You know, those toms will break off of the the group and they'll come over. We had. Uh, one of the stands we had like five of them and it was it was cool because they were all like single file but uh you know they get to a certain point just like a coyote or anything else like they they want it but at the same time they're not well, especially they're not late that the dumb. year when you did it yeah later in the year they're not as dumb as they <laughs> should be so like these ones broke this hedgerow and i the only thing i could think was there there was like some older like farm equipment you're calling on all these farms and stuff you know that I think they kind of saw that then got leery and, and broke off. And then we actually, it's funny, we jumped up and tried to, because they went back over the hedgerow, and I thought that we could, I thought I could run over there and get a shot on one. They're a lot faster than you think. They, they were freaking gone. And, I mean, you could see them running through the guys, you know, right by the guy's house, actually, when they ran from us. But, yeah. Were you in a blind or just set up, in, up against a tree in the orchard? Just, just up against a tree, yeah. That's it was a lot like coyote hunt. You know, I mean, when you mm -hmm. and I went to Tennessee or Kentucky, wherever we were, yeah, yeah they had some blinds, like, you know, and you were hidden really well. And this was like coyote hunting. We were just kind of sitting, yeah, with your back against a tree and with the right camo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All covered up. Yeah, the one time I haven't done much turkey hunting I'm back in college in Kansas, uh, northwest Kansas and south. I guess just southern Nebraska, really good pheasant hunting and, you know, really good turkey hunting. And, uh, yeah, what we did was we we would drive the road and we f first light and try to catch them on their roost. So we caught these, I don't know, I remember about a dozen turkeys or so in their roost and watched them get down out of their roost. And then we actually saw which direction they started to kind of feed because it wasn't really big open fields where we were at. And uh, we drove the truck around 
and kind of just got ahead of them. And then we, we were, we were sprinting through the trees and stuff, trying to get ahead, sat down, got on a tree back in those days. My buddy Brady was, was a box call and we got on that box call and that thing was there. I mean, it was a perfect hunt. I mean, it was like the turkey hunt's easy, you know, like <laughs> spot them or they come out of the roost. I had, and it was an unbelievable Tom. I think he had a nine and a half inch beard, double beard. And, and you know, the one time I've turkey hunted my entire life, killed a huge Tom. And it was an unbelievable hunt. He went around, started on that call. And the thing was just on top of us, like, like a coyote bombing in on the decoy. It was early in the season, that kind of stuff. But yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. We, we had a, anything you can call huh? to anything you can call to you. Yeah. Unlike chucker hunting. Yeah. Do you remember that guy's <laughs> name that we hunted with in Kentucky that I'll never forget it. He knew where their roost tree was. With Kevin? Yeah. Remember when we sat under that tree? I'm just trying to think. I don't want to embarrass you, but you missed. Uh, but the guy beat his <laughs> clay. missed with a shotgun? Yeah. He, remember he beat his beanie on his leg, uh-huh. and it sounded like a turkey flying down out of the tree, dude. It was it was cool, man. It, you know, they, those guys that turkey on a lot, obviously we don't do it a lot because it's yeah. a stupid process here in Nevada. They got the tricks down, yeah. He well, when you start analyzing the animal, so they don't smell. Their eyes are, I think they say, about two times. If you put the two eyes together, they're two times the size of their brain. Yeah. So you kind of figure out what their sense is, right? They're going to follow what they see. So yeah. if they see the right thing, I mean, I imagine, yeah, young, earlier in the season, you can trick them real easy. I'm kind of. I want to do the scoot and shoot. I would love with, to do that with like Mojo. Hey. You know, you, I, that, that, those <laughs> stuttering, but those freaking videos that you see of them walking out, crawling out there with their shotgun and that scoot and shoot, and them just bombing you and shooting them at three feet. The, the Amish guy, I don't know if he's them. Amish, but you you know the video I'm talking about? The, he's in them. black pants, white shirt, and he's got black thin yeah. suspenders. Yeah. Not even wearing camouflage, yeah. dude. Looks like Goes out there with it on the, you know, the <laughs> end and... Yeah, they come. No, he shoots. The, I seen the guy that grabbed that one, but yeah, it's, this guy that he looks like he's Amish to me. He's got that black hat on too. I don't know if Amish people hunt, but can you, the turkeys from here to the yeah, sure to the computer, you know, four feet away, and he just shoots it right in the face. I would love to do. And they, that shooting scoot thing gets flack. Like some people think it's lame. Yeah, I think that thing. I that think that cool. would be my favorite way to do it, dude. Yeah, you just have to be. Well, they put on some new safety. They put some orange on the front of them because they had some accidents of. Yeah getting people getting shot yeah. doing that thinking it's a real turkey walking out in that field because most turkey hunters don't walk out in the field right, right. and uh anyway so they they've Shoot, fixed, I remember fixed the, some of that stuff i remember the uh hunter safety we were just earlier talking about hunter safety off air um that was part of the hunter safety video back when i was 12 years old was the guy getting shot by a shotgun carrying his turkey out you know, right side up instead of make it look like a yeah. he's in his camo, and they used the video to kind of show you to, that to, to, to carry him head down so it doesn't look like a turkey coming out of the roost, or I guess getting up in the roost. I can't quite remember, but it was you know the guy guy was camouflaged enough, thought it was a turkey flying, and shot him. Real story. I mean, yeah. they used it, they reenacted it, but it was a real mm. it was a real story. There's a uh, there was a kid that was killed, different but the same. Uh, in his goose decoy spread, you know, a guy, which it's illegal, but saw the geese out in the field and, and tried to take a pop shot rifle. at one with a rifle yeah. and kill the kid in his hunting that, blind. That wasn't blind. too long ago. That was yeah. just happened, terrible. It, that year that it happened, it happened a couple years. Our, our uh, buddy up in uh, Canada happened to hit one. He was in the blind with, in the spread with him. They were calling and he said, hey, you hear that, Joe? Or I can't remember his name, but... Uh, no answer, no answer, and open up the blind and dead inside there. Dead inside. Wow, unreal. But uh, anyway, let's talk about happier times. Yeah, why are you getting all somber? <laughs> Jeez. What, turkey We're hunting. To talk about spring turkey hunts and fishing. Turkey hunting, fishing, and then camping. No, not yet. Not yet. Not, no. Jumping ahead. Well, we, we can go camping, but what other hunting is there to do? Dog and uh, yeah, I was going to say, if you're fortunate enough, be like Big Al Morris and have a have a dog and dog i think he shaved his beard off by the way did he he looks led, led me to believe that on social media at least yeah. i haven't seen him yeah, since last did. year but uh yeah they're out dogging dogging i always wanted to do that you guys never done that either huh mm-hmm. or have you never had the dogs yeah well i can call him we can go anytime with him clint romache does it they do it up with up 
like Jana Waller goes up with Clint Romache and does it up in Colorado. And Clint Lavore's nephew or whatever. Uh huh. Hmm. They go with Med- uh, Medal of Valor. You know, badass. Badass. Yeah. Um, there's a couple people. I mean, there's there's a uh, Jeff Nemich. Nemich. He's a badass dude that has some. He's out of the Midwest. I think, yeah, right? has Nebraska, some South Dakota, has somewhere. some dogs and. Uh, there's some guys in, in Wyoming that are doing it. Uh, Wyoming predator hunters. I can't names escaping me right now, but just, do you think my French bulldog would do it or no? Your French dog would go, but then he would leave with the coyotes <laughs> and then come back as a, you don't want to miss <laughs> reincarnated as a turd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a different like style of coyote hunting. Obviously. I mean, you do do some calling to vocalize with them and, challenge them and do that stuff with their denim and stuff from what but, i could tell it's the challenging part of it obviously you get well-trained dogs and but when you take the shot we were just talking yeah about you don't want to shoot your own dog yeah you're, you're just that's the, what's the, that's the fast movement and i mean that's that's probably the hardest part is how you are able to stop the coyote make sure your dog's out of the way in front of well, you well those dogs come and, usually sit right back back by you yeah but yeah. I, you know you watch a lot of footage and stuff and oh, yeah. you, you, you got you can't you can't get excited and you got to kill them because if they're wounded and your dog goes back over there that's i've yeah. got a cool picture on my phone of one you know a coyote's wounded and it's it, it's Terry, ready to fight yeah, then yeah. you know if it if it can't run from that dog then now they're going to fight just like every other animal and then that's how i think those dogs get torn up a little bit but yeah so you got some first this year. We're gonna. I'm gonna get with Al. We're gonna do dogging. Yeah. Do some first. We're gonna get first turkeys. First. First turkeys in California. In California, I've gotten one good one. I don't have one. I don't have one. Zero turkeys. Yeah. So we'll have our first turkeys, hopefully. <laughs> first couple. First dogging experience with Al. If you'll have us. He'll have us. Oh, he'll have us. And then we can smoke those turkeys on the Traeger. While we're camping? While we're camping. <laughs> yeah. Nice tie-in, huh? Where are we going camping? Well, northern Washoe County, Nevada. <laughs> oh, yeah, Where no else? Doubt about it. Where else? Yeah. I actually saw some guys are already going up to Boulder Reservoir, one of our favorite places to go. But I don't. Boulder kind of commercialized now and... That's the word. I don't really know if I have to hang out there anymore. But by commercialized, we mean there's a couple. They of put a couple picnic benches in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas but still, two, more people are going there than uh, Boulder Lake. But yeah, I know. I'm not going to mention where I'd like to go for the first trip. I already spoke to you guys about it and uh, pull that old jumping jack up there and do a little searching. Yep, a little looking. For some shiny rocks. Uh-huh. Some shiny rocks. <laughs> I think obsidian. I like uh I like the spring because it too here it's too damn hot in the summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you go camping on a lake where you can jump in. Right. But not a lot of trees and no, no areas tre- we yeah. like to go. There is no shade. That's a funny thing about Pyramid Lake, is it is such a destination for camping and stuff, and there is not a single tree not around enough. that entire lake. Period. And don't put an easy up up because the wind. No, yeah, blow. and the wind blows seventy miles an hour. <laughs> we have some funny stories about that lake. Our dad almost died swimming after a uh, inner tube. Inner tube. <laughs> it took off there, and right he was thirty feet off the shore, and he'd swim. And right when he'd reach for it, it wind gust, and it would blow another fifty feet. And he would get to it, another gust, and it blow it hundred feet. And he half a mile off, and you know, fighting them waves, and you're tired. Barely, he, than you, he barely made it back to, to the shore. Yeah, because you don't realize that, you know, getting out's one thing, but now you got to do the exact same distance back. Yeah. And swimming, I mean, fighting those are waves. arguably probably one of the most physically demanding things you can do, Yeah, you know, for a long period of time. Swimming, treading water, that kind of stuff. And pyramids, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that water is hard to swim in because it's, it's kind of gross. You know what I mean? Like, you get alkali water in your mouth and... Nose and eyes, it's not like kind of fleshy smell. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it tastes funny, it's all that. Yeah, the the and the water babies are pulling you down. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the water babies water screaming baby. at you. The leopard lizards are crawling on you. The leopard <laughs> lizards are the coolest part. We used to try to they they can swim and walk on water too, though. Oh, yeah, those things are so awesome. I love those. Pyramid Lake turns over, which yeah, is a gross well, thing. That's, too. Well, that's well, we can talk about it, but that's another that's scary time, thing, is when yeah. every now and again. 
have bad accidents out there and those people get caught underneath those um, shells. And when the water turns over, those bodies come rolling on yeah, up. I think uh, it would have been funny to know if your dad was there because our parents went to school together. But uh, my parents tell a story about a body floating on the shore when they were out there for like senior cut day or something like that, you know, because oh, yeah. we used to go out there to Pyramid Lake for senior cut day. And, uh, I think a lot of the schools did. And yeah, uh, they were out there partying one night and, uh, yeah, body come floating, come up. floating up, you know, like something that had been gone for like months. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, it's a dangerous ass lake. Cause it can be glass one minute and next day, huge, or huge the next five minutes, there's huge waves in your boat. Kent and I went fishing out there one morning and, uh, you could literally see, so the wind was blowing at night and put this huge swell on the lake, you know, like three foot waves. And, but you could see the defined the line. line where it was glass. And that was that finishing of the wind coming through there. And you could see it, dude, in the waves. It, yeah, it's, yeah. fu- it's funny we're talking about this. I literally I have a patient that's a native and you know, born and raised out there. And that came up in conversation last week. And the needles so the, ne- yeah. the needles essentially are the north end of the lake so you just say the north end but that that's what they say if the wind starts to blow in the afternoon early afternoon off the needles get off the lake like don't even it might just be a slight little light breeze but if it's coming from the needles it's going to turn into capsize in your boat real yeah. fast yeah and it, so and a lot of guys will go they'll they'll take their boat across the lake and then you know they'll wait it out a little while then they got to get all the way back across the lake which I mean, I imagine that's that's a good half hour. Oh, yeah. Way over there. Big, big water. And, you know, there's been many a people that have basically been caught right in the middle of that lake, and the boat capsizes, and some of them don't make it. Yeah. That, there's a lot of, every year, yeah, there was a kid that, uh, at the Needles, I thought that's what you were going to say, a kid that I went to high school with, I didn't know him. He he passed away at the Needles, tried to swim out. Uh, to one of them. Into the rock formations, and they were all wearing... Um, shoes because the rocks out there you know are that real sharp porous rock they wanted to crawl on the rock so they wore shoes and he was wearing like a boot and too heavy too heavy he he swam partially out there and the the boots were too heavy weighed him down he drowned out there that's what when we were kids we had to wear shoes it wasn't so much the rocks it was you know that that lake would rise and fall and all the people who'd make their campfires throw their beer bottles in there yeah yeah. so my parents wouldn't let us let us go without our shoes because they were afraid we we're going to cut our feet, you know, from the... From the and there's a hundred fishing bottles. lures out there to step on, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do we get back to Pyramid Lake? Did you guys want to do a whole show on Pyramid Lake? <laughs> Almost, <laughs> yeah. Camping. And the funny I mean, thing is... talking about funny shiny thing is, lot rocks. Yeah, uh-huh. and we don't... Yeah, I don't camp at Pyramid Lake for, for various reasons, but yeah. we generally yeah. tend to it's like to camp much 25 more 25 minutes from the house, so it's not yeah. like we have to. Yeah. My uh-huh. favorite type of camping is... You know, you go up for a three-day weekend, and you might not see other human beings, or if you do, you see one other group. You know, that's my you see a dust trail going across the road. Yeah. yeah, you know some of these out there, but you basically don't run into anybody. That's my favorite kind. I don't care if it's ninety degrees; you don't have a tree. You know, it's still fun. Yeah, I mean, my what's your favorite place to camp in Nevada? I Northern Washoe. I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of places around Northern Washoe, but yeah, I mean, I like Wall Canyon. I like Boulder. I like. I love, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of... Boulder's the best. Place. Boulder's the best, not yeah. only because born and raised there, basically. It's our dad's favorite place. It's where his ashes are overlooking him. And so... No, I like Boulder too, man. Boulder That's is a beautiful, natural beautiful spring that, that has been dammed up and made into a lake that's... I can't throw a rock across it north to south, but I can throw a rock across it east to west. But You used awesome to be able fishing. to. No, no yeah. I still can't. Yeah, nah, he, he lost a little bit. He lost you might be able to hit one with a wiffle ball or something. <laughs> uh, that's but, where the old uh, border cordon bleu came from. Famous yeah. sandwich. Cordon bleu. Great deer hunting. Great mm-hmm. antelope hunting. Fish, buck. Fishing. Arrowheads. Arrowhead camping. Hunting. Just northern Nevada. Yeah, if you ever just get not a chip, running into people. If you want to get away from people, it's a place yeah. to go. Yeah, it's a very very cool place. Well, I Coyote guess hunting. I guess until Coyote. September seventh or so, huh? And you start running into people. Yeah, hunting yeah. season. Very f- no, I was Burning Man, and then oh, oh yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying with Burning Man. Get up there before. You don't Burning go up Man. there on Memorial Day. Yeah, or the yeah. few days before if you don't want to get stuck in traffic. What are some other places? Wall Canyon. Wall Canyon's fun. Squaw I grew up in Springs. Squaw is a pretty Squaw. popular place. Squaw. That's right off the road. Yeah. yeah. 
Squaw Reservoir, Pinot Springs. Wall Canyon, you said. Wall yeah. Canyon. I grew up on the Soldier's Meadow side. So Soldier Meadows. I love, you know, Mud Lake and there's a hot spring out there. But we yeah. had a we had a um opal, a no, mining no, claim, an, an opal say. mining claim. And it was like eighty acres of of mining rights. We didn't own the land, other or, or we'd still have it. But um yeah, my parents had a trailer up there and the guy there was a it's crazy. There was a dude that lived up there. I love these stories. <laughs> and he he uh, quickly, basically cr- committed a crime. Everybody knew that he did it. They couldn't prove that he did it. So this judge in town, you know, you're talking going back to the 40s or something, probably told, basically said, if you even get a jaywalking ticket in town, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. So he chose to go and live out in the Black Rock Desert. And he lived on this mining claim we had year round. So, and by himself, you think about that dude by himself every single day and night in the middle of nowhere. And that was before solitary confinement, right? So burning man did not exist back then. Burning man. Uh, there was a thing called the rainbow coalition. It was a bunch of people went out there and they were like nudists. And then, you know, the burning man story. Uh, but anyway, those, those two groups hooked up and, and got, you know, back in the day, maybe 500 people were out there. And this guy, you know, that was like him or those people and the Soldiers Meadows Ranchers, you know, the actual people that had the Soldiers Meadows Ranch. That was like his only communication. Them buzzworms. It, yeah, dude. He had a uh, an outhouse that was completely wallpapered in rattlesnake skins. But yeah, he lived up there, dude. Lived whatever my parents and, and family left him for food. That's what he ate most of the time. And then I think he probably... Killed stuff out there and ate it. I, it, it was the craziest thing, dude. But uh, out there, you know, like I said, there's hot springs. There's that mud lake. Uh, bunch of bunch of good. Even for, even further north, can you? I'm can I don't know. I've never done it. Can you get a permit like at Pyramid on Summit Lake? The Summit Lake. I don't Reservation? think so because it's all fenced. I've never gone there. If you can, no, you we. I mean, we've driven through it. You yeah, can yeah. drive right through it and go over to the. Because you go up there and around and over the top. To Denial or whatever. But, but it, the lake itself is fenced off, right? I thought. You can drive right along it. I'm just wondering if you if it, you can get a permit like, because hmm. it's Indian Reservation. Yeah. That's the reason why we're talking about it. Like Pyramid, you can get a permit to camp and fish and do all that. wonder if you can in Summit. Because so you could do Summit, maybe. Yeah. Soldier Meadows, Boulder, Wall Canyon. High Rock. High Rock. High Rock's, High Rock's got that cool... Uh, like focal point where they have you guys ever seen that where they used to tie the wagons off to them to lower them down that mm-hmm. thing a high rock that's pretty cool you know it's cool. shaped almost like an hourglass or whatever from where the ropes have yeah. so many times the wagons went either up or down it whatever that it wore a rock into that i, that I like all that stuff's cool man yeah well so what little high rock i was just you, denial king Clint can tell us about i might get a little messed up do you remember the name or the last stand of what happened in high rock where they led the troops or the the troops, right? The Indians led the troops because they knew into High Rock, and that's where they killed them. It was like a big massacre there. Well, well, that's actually Little High Rock. Little, little High Rock. Rock, which is you know obviously much smaller and lower. It's down around. There's a Denio camp, which was originally a, a army outpost. outpost. Yeah. Think of Dances with the Wolves, and that's a lot like what that place looks like. Yeah. And then within three square miles is Little High Rock and High Rock Canyon and. Yeah, it's one of the last, um, I believe the Pyramid Lake Wars even extended up that far, and they chased the, the Native Americans that far up there, and there was a big there was a big massacre right in that little high rock area. But it was um, the Indians massacre the troops, right? Because the troops didn't know oh, about— the tro- Oh, yeah, the troops yeah, got caught. Oh, yeah, the troops definitely. didn't know about this high rock, and it's— you know, if you can think the high rock is because it's a canyon Steep and it's face. just the, the rent or the walls of the canyon go straight up. You can't get out. You have to go in one out of the canyon in one way or the other. You ain't going up and over it. So the Indians led the troops into the canyon and then pretty much ambushed them. Had high ground. It had high ground and just massacred them. And uh, I can't remember the name of it, but a lot of cool history in Nevada. Like Why, there's, there's one other one up there too. There's an old... Uh, I can't remember the name of the of the landmark, but they they do call it the last Indian massacre, and it was basically a frame job. There was some um, ranchers that were murdered by cattle rustlers, but they of course blamed it on um, the not the Paiutes, but the uh, 
the Shoshone, I believe there was the Shoshone Indians, and they tracked them down almost up to that same country. And that, if you read the history books, that's one of the last what you would call an Indian massacre. They went out there, I think there were eight or nine or eight or nine of them, and they they were all innocent. You know, as they were completely framed, and they chased them up into that country and killed every one of them. Really, you know. It's kind of crazy that I, when we sit here and talk about it, we should do a whole show on Nevada history. Oh, yeah. yeah for I mean, sure. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I, that's why we go back to, you know, you go, we've had family members that have kept maps and, you know, you've had I've got a cool map, cool, yeah. cool map of, of things that have happened in, his, in, in Nevada and where camps were, where outposts were, where Indian town, you know, camps were. And we have that and we get to go, you know, we go find arrowheads and camp. And I love doing that stuff. And I think part of the beauty is that we're a, we're a state where, and I think it's still about 86% of the state is owned by the BLM, you know, essentially public land. So probably lends to, to having a lot of these stories and being able to go to a lot of these places because you're not blocked off like a lot of, a lot of other states in the union. Yeah. When I was a kid, we did a metal detecting, which I think you guys did too. You know, because we have a bunch of ghost towns here, and like you said, yeah. Denio, there's a there's a hundred different ones or whatever. But being a mining state, you know, big boom cities would come up, and when the ore ran out or if they lost the vein, then they would just leave them there, yep. and we'd go metal detect those, and you can find like the old square, square nails. nails. And I have a our uncle Gary, my dad's mom's brother, <laughs> was huge into metal detecting, and uh, I he went out. A, he had a six-digit coin collection from metal detecting, let alone all the old, all the old really? And he had every map, po- I mean, just everything yeah. where every little Indian, or, you know, he'd find buttons and yeah. where the war people stayed and outposts. He went out there and found so much Bullets stuff. Bullets and all that and stuff. And I went with him a couple times and I found a couple of coins and I still have them wrapped up. I could go right, I know right where they're, and my oldest one was an, an old dime. And uh, it's awesome. That's what... Uh, so when my when my parents were big into it, you know, they'd have a map of the city, right? And they always put the garbage downwind, you know, because you didn't want the, you know, so whatever the prevailing wind in Nevada is, whatever it is, they knew that, you know, okay, this is the this is the courthouse and you know, this is the, the and they would they would you wanted to find the the junk pile, you know. If you you want to find the old beer caps and you know, cans and all that kind of stuff. Or you didn't want to find that portion of it because you don't want to find like if it, if it was something that was opened later in the year where, you know, you modernize Pepsi cans and sh- stuff like that. Yeah. They don't want to find that. Yeah. So you stay away from that point. So there's like a whole science to metal detecting and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, finding these old ghost towns in Nevada and, and or, you know, we look for all sorts of stuff out there. It's really cool. And that's, you know, when it's too hot in the summer to go do it, what perfect time to do it's right coming up. And the cool thing is a lot of the places where we like to go, you can do all of it. You can go coyote hunting. (laughs) You can go fishing at the same time, you know, first couple hours in the day when in the spring, when it's still a little cool, you can go coyote hunting, gets a little hot. You go fishing in the morning, you know, in the afternoon or evening during the day, you go arrowhead hunting and have a cold cold one at night and play some good (laughs) times around around the night and do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was a few weeks from now. Yeah. The only other thing during the spring that I'm going to do is garden. Other than that, you wait until the snow comes off of Peavine Mountain. Isn't yeah. that the old saying here? Yep. Clay's turned into quite the green thumb. Oh yeah, I I've got my five blackberry bushes that I have to take <laughs> care of. Yeah, that's it. I that's opened it. up they another. Take care of themselves. I opened up that's another deep. fifty by fifty area in my backyard. Double Did you the, really? Double the size of my garden. On the up that part, on took the, the grass out. No, on the slope. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. So, you gonna start hitting the farmers markets? I don't know what I'm gonna do, but it's gonna be a lot more work this year. That's for sure. <laughs> What's your favorite part about gardening? Uh, being out there, away from everything. It's like no, no phone, no phone, no, no computer. Just no. It's relaxing to me being away from everybody. Yeah, just, I like that. Yeah. What's no. your favorite thing to grow? What do you take the most pride in? Peppers. <laughs> I, I I feel like. Peppers and tomatoes, just because peppers can go in with anything, you know? Well, and it's like, they're kind of cool, right? They're bright colored and, and like, they shouldn't exist in Nevada. Like, (laughs) you don't see any wild jalapeno plants growing out in here. I am very 
excited, scared, whatever you want to say about a plant or a, a pepper plant that I got this year What'd to grow. Get? It's called the Armageddon pepper. Oh, I and like they, it. in, it's a brand new strain. And in the, um, description of it saying, don't even go out there without gloves. You don't even harvest them. Don't even think about doing it with gloves and everything on because wow. it's that bad. And he's still going to plant it. Yeah, heck yes, I'm going to plant it. Don't bring any of those around me. I think jalapenos taste pretty good. Uh, I, I think it's Serrano peppers. Yeah. Serrano I, peppers. I have probably 30 <laughs> different types of peppers, uh, probably 20 different types of tomatoes, uh, squashes, zucchinis. Lettuces. I mean, I got, I, that's a whole other episode about what I got in my garden. We can talk about that. I think later, just but. about name something that re, is really obscure that you might not think somebody would grow. He, he I got it. Are you doing like some fruit stuff, like watermelons, cantaloupe, yep. stuff like that? Got all that. Got What's your water bill going to look like? I don't know. It's going to be pretty up, pretty high. It's going to be like Tom. You just need to get a farm somewhere. I, I want to. I just want to. I want to move to have a. I go back to Tennessee with Leith on his and just have a big old whatever you want to commune. <laughs> <laughs> Share wives and grow tomatoes. That'll be your shirt. That'd be all right. Yeah. Leith, if you're listening. <laughs> Leith. <laughs> I can grow a heck of a tomato. But that's that's uh that's the spring thing that we got going on. We got some fishing, we got some dogging, some camping, some arrowhead hunting, some Nevada history, turkey hunting. We don't keep the arrowheads, by the way. We just look at them, maybe take a mental picture, put them right back down on the ground for the cows to step on. Step on. Huh. I put it in my hand with my little handheld little ruler to show the size. Oh, yeah, put yeah. Put it yeah, right could... back in its print for it to get crushed by a cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it. What do you guys got going on this spring? Not you guys. Not People us. out there in podcast you world. Guys. Yeah, you guys. Not you guys, but you guys. Send us a fax on what your spring plans are. <laughs> oh, we'll get right I will back get to the you. fax. I'll be out in my garden. <laughs> well, this uh, Bud Light's about empty. And I don't have one to back it up, so. I that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a crack. You going to wear a uh, real tree sun shirt while you're out there in the garden and fishing? Of course. A little real tree camo, turkey hunting, dog. We got a lot of stuff going because that garden goes right into what we're doing with Provider and AAB. We got a lot of stuff coming up in the in the near future with uh, spices and rubs and gardening and meats and a whole bunch of stuff. So, what are you going to do? Uh, how are you going to keep everybody informed? On you here, do some kind of a press media? release. Can you do some social yeah. media? In, in, I've had the spices. In two weeks, April 1st. Uh, the provider rubs will be on sale and we're going to be a, a big splash. We got some two, two things coming with that that are going to be big. Revolutionized? Not revolutionized, but it's going to be big, big splash. People are going to be wanting to pay attention. Give them a hint. Fishing and hunting. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's all you had to say. Fishing and hunting. And every 100th package will have an armageddon pepper <laughs> dried out and put in it i will make some armageddon, a, armageddon powder that is not a prize <laughs> i'm looking forward to trying one of those peppers oh i'm excited this year's garden because i got some a lot of stuff that i didn't have last year and uh get the the one thing that i uh got this year that i never thought i'd grow hmm Guess. Well, is it like a fruit or a you, you probably don't even, it's a, it's considered a vegetable and you probably don't even know you can grow it. It's considered a vegetable and I don't know you can grow it. You use it in the shower. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A loofah. I thought that was like a sea creature. A thing loofah sponge is the inside of a vegetable. It's the loofah. It's a gourd, just like a pumpkin or a, or a squash or anything like that it's a gourd and you, after you grow them you let them dry out and that the internal fruit dries up into the, a, a, a loofah and so now but not only can you eat them before they dry up you can eat them and cook them just like you would like any other vegetable but 
you let them dry out and, and there's seeds in there and let them all fall out. And then you peel out that after it dries, it peels off the, it's a black layer off the outside and that skin falls off and it becomes a loofah sponge that you use in the shower. Which I do not use one of those in the shower. <laughs> but somebody could use somebody it. Somebody could use it. That's pretty so, cool. So yeah. I, that's do you what, grow celery? No, I don't grow celery. Asparagus and... Rhubarb? Rhubarb, going to have some. I like rhubarb pie. Yeah, I got a whole... Maybe we should do an episode on gardening. I'm interested. I grew those blackberries and there is a great feeling of accomplishment when you get the fruit off of them or vegetable or whatever. It's, don't you think? I love going out and getting stuff to cook like oh you i forgot tomatoes you go walk out and get it oh you want some strawberries for the kids lunch go out and get it you you want some carrots go pull some but you have that you feel that feeling of accomplishment just just making it happen right I not mean, only making it so much can go wrong not that oh, we need to dive into another episode but i mean birds can eat them rabbits can eat them you could not water them correctly, overwater them, whatever. I mean, and and not get it, or we could have a cold snap. So just getting to the finish line huge, of harvesting whatever you've created, there it's a it it feels good. To big do it. accomplishment, and the cool thing, like last year, I had quite a bit of it, and probably five neighbors would come weekly and come get stuff. Yeah, because eventually you can't eat everything yeah. you're growing. I mean, I'm I, I'm still eating soups yeah, and you took, tomatoes you, and stuff you that made I a bunch froze of soup and stuff. And, you know, on a cold night, you go out in the freezer and, and you're still eating off of your garden. So this year it's going to be even more. So I'm excited. we got a pretty good sure. spring going on. Lots of stuff happening. We've had a heck of a spring so far. Some moisture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to you hear what I've got going? Yeah. That's a list of what's going to grow. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Uh, three different types of arugula, beans, beets, cabbage, cabbage. I'm just, I won't say different types. I'm just going to go down the list. And if I say multiples, it's just a different strain strain of it. Arugula, 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 beans, beets, cabbage, cabbage, carrot, 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 corn, cucumber, 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 cucumber. I love pickling cucumbers. That's why. Cucumber, cucumber, eggplant, 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 kale, lettuce, 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 cantaloupe, okra, melons, bunching onions, bunching onions, peppers, sweet pepper, pepper grande, sweet confetti pepper, sweet California pepper, sweet tangerine pepper, banana pepper, sweet candy apple pen, Sylvania hybrid pepper, sweet stuff hybrid pepper standard hybrid pepper cherry stuff hybrid pepper hot blazing banana pepper hold on still coming got to go to the next email um hot jalapeno pepper hot armageddon pepper biker billy pepper palablano pepper orange peppercini peppers serrano chili hot lemon pepper dragon cayenne um real dill hybrid big guy hybrid big boss man hybrid that was the end of the peppers potato 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 <laughs> potato mm. potato sweet potato sweet potato pumpkin 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 radish 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 spinach 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 squash 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 swiss chard tomatillos tomato 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 next list sunflowers Sunflowers, sunflower, sunflower, sunflower. Those are uh, are those like barbecue, dill, pickle, ranch? (laughs) (laughs) Cracked pepper, cracked pepper. Are those David's? Uh, Oh, then those are uh, that. And then uh, let's see here. That's another email. I just learned this real quick while he's looking. I imagine it's multiple things, but sunflower. So if you want to attract the certain type of bee to pollinate. You know, if you out here in the deserts, so it's even a bigger deal. But yeah, the sunflowers. I was I just had a, huh. a patient tell me Huge. about that. Sunflowers are easy to grow. I mean, I basically put them in the ground, they grow, and yeah, you, they'll bring the bees in to pollinate everything else. So if you're struggling with the garden, you and flowers, you know, make flowers, sure sunflower, sunflower, any type of sunflower, and, your, and, and sunflower. your flowers, yeah. And but you have to have a certain flower that, like a male flower and a female flower, for them to get the certain things to do. Yeah, it's right, great. Right. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but. Anyway, that's going on about all that's going on about a. It's a full time job of a garden. Heck you yeah, Bob! That reminded me of that song. I've been everywhere, <laughs> man. I've been a Reno farm. Tomato, 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 potato. 
Well, <laughs> sweet Thomas Cold Pepper Hot Pepper. pepper. Holy Pepper. Big, big Biker Boss Man? Uh, what do we, what do we do? <laughs> Weird. Whoa. So if anybody out there wants some uh, vegetables this year, come on to the house by uh, June, July, and I'll be rocking. Maybe you ought to start a little business selling veggies. I'm done. Clay's Big Bad Biker Pepper Sale. <laughs> And Lufa Farm. Lufa <laughs> <Lufa> Farm. <laughs> On that Lufa note, we're out of here. I got to go make some Lufa. Folks, this has kind of been a casual one, but that's what we're doing this spring. What y'all doing? So write in, let us know. And uh, Alex, send us out to that spring thing. God, I had this great, great uh, sales pitch for that Lufa Farm and something about... <laughs> Clay will help you test everyone in the shower. Not, you know, he would be fully clothed, but you could get, you know, he would get your back for you with that. Come on, man. How many different directions does your mind go? And he said, what's something you use in the shower? (laughs) 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 You wouldn't think I, and then, and then he's growing 40 different cucumbers. I don't know what's going on here. This show took a turn for the worst. God, but I made some badass pickles last year. Ooh, they're good. Wouldn't know. (laughs) Didn't get me. This show brought to you by your selfish you friend's garden. Yep. You live in I'm Reno. just kidding. I don't cook anything. Yeah, so. you, <laughs> if you could grow a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or maybe a quesadilla plant, that would be nice. Maybe old PJ over there, JP, might buy some of my vegetables this year, bud. He probably would. Anyway, what you got, Alex? Anything? Well, I just want to say thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah, a little casual episode. Not a lot of hunting going on. We're going to be talking about Clay's elk tag here coming up pretty soon. We want to reminisce with our good friend Bubba. He was out there, so uh, yep. we got that coming up. We're going to talk about Nevada draw, uh, oh, yeah, our a, choices and, and such coming up as those dates are quickly approaching. So stay uh, tuned here to where the pavement ends. We're going to uh, keep these shows rolling for you guys, and then uh, before you know it, we'll be back into cooler weather, uh, doing some hunting and chatting about that. So, yeah, stick around for uh, Clint Belding, Clay Belding, and uh, myself. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time. See you.